the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Signs of autism in children. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Some portions of this program may be pre-recorded. From policy to culture, principles to politics, this is the Seth Leibson Show. Yes, it is, and welcome back as we head into our third hour today. It's a privilege to welcome back to the show. It's been too long, uh, and my apologies on that, but it's a privilege to welcome back to the show Anna Borshevskaya. She is a senior fellow with the Washington Institute for Near East Policy, fellow at the European Foundation for Democracy, and a contributor to Oxford Analytica. Her most recent book is Putin's War in Syria. Uh, let's see. Putin's war in Syria, Russian foreign policy and the price of America's absence. Anna, thanks for joining us. You must be very busy these days. We really appreciate it. Always a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you. I'm not sure exactly where to begin in trying to ask someone of your expertise what we should be thinking, how we should be thinking, what we should be thinking about when it comes to Russia and Ukraine and, of course, the United States. So if I can just leave you with an open-ended question, you take it any way you want, that would be my question. How should we be thinking about this? What should we be thinking, Anna? Well, first, we should be thinking that, of course, this uh, this, this crisis that we see uh, unfolding in Ukraine, it's a terrible tragedy. It is the largest uh, conflict in Europe since World War II, and it's affecting everybody. And so, of course, this is first uh, about Putin's aims to dismember Ukraine, essentially dis- destroy um, uh, a country which, in terms of political ideas, is, is a rival. It's a democracy. Uh, and it's, a, it's a competitor in that sense. Um, it is also, however, about, some, uh, uh, about something even bigger. It is about Vladimir Putin's um, uh, chief goal of e- eroding the rules-based global order. In other words, it's, it's, it's about Ukraine, but it's also about a lot more than Ukraine. It's about the very the fundamental liberal ideas that underpin the post-World War II global system. And this is what Putin aims uh, to undermine. So it's um, in that sense, it is very, it is so big that perhaps it might be hard to wrap your mind around. If you look at uh, what happened in just uh, in three weeks, three million people became refugees. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, so again, I, I think from a big picture perspective, this matters to everybody, and this is why you see people. Um, this is also a failure. Put it this way: it's a failure of post World War II liberal institutions to act as they were intended, that is, to prevent the war that we see today. Yeah, that's a good point. Let, let, me, let me focus on that for just a minute. Uh, the notion of deterrence, deterrence was something, I mean, we all grew up learning about deterrence uh, in, in, in years and generations previous. It almost seems like deterrence at many levels has gone by the wayside. I, I, it seemed like it went by the wayside when uh, President Biden was talking about tolerating minor incursions into Ukraine, 
seems like it's going by the wayside in our propitiation with Iran and using Russia to get through with Iran. It just seems mm-hmm. that 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 deterrence is, has long fallen off our, our table for some reason. And maybe it's because, well, I don't know why. I don't know why. It seems like we are conceding in way too many situations and on way too many fronts something um, some, of what I call anxious propitiation. Another word for that would be uh, failed appeasement policies. I, I wonder if you have a thought on that. Yeah, I think I think I think that's right. Uh, unfortunately, what's been happening for well over a decade now, and, and it's a bipartisan trend, I should say, is that in the United States and more broadly in the West, again in the liberal West, um, the West has been prone to risk aversion. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've gotten way too comfortable. We won the Cold War, and again, from from sort of the big picture issues that are unfolding, um, we what's happening is we won the Cold War. Uh, and it ushered in an, an era of American uh, uh, leadership. Yeah, right. the, the, the world has never seen um, a superpower such as the United States with such a degree of reach. And from, again, a very broad historical, you know, 500,000-year view perspective, it ushered in an era of unprecedented peace and prosperity. And we have, I think, gotten very comfortable, but the fact of the matter is uh, when we won the Cold War, we, we simply moved on. We assumed that liberal ideas had triumphed. But Vladimir Putin and people in, in his circle uh, were deeply resentful. They vowed that that we will be sorry. And what they're doing now is a culmination of years of their, uh, of their effort to basically play out the Cold War with an alternate ending. And the reason why they feel, uh, the reason why Putin felt confident doing this, and he overestimated so grossly in Ukraine, is because for years he perceived the West as risk averse as, and, and weak. Uh, it, in a way, the, the, you could you could say that in a matter of speaking, the invasion of Ukraine began with with Georgia, yes. uh, and and preceded then, uh, of course, the Crimean annexation to the, to the Syria intervention yep. that gave Russia a strategic position on the Eastern Mediterranean. All of these events are over time and their cumulative effects, yeah. right? Yep. Uh, all of these, uh, the, the way the West reacted, the way Putin. Right. Right. No, I, I, the way the, the way that Putin is playing us. Uh, yeah. And, and is he playing us like a fiddle looking at the accumulation of these events? I mean, what, let me, let me step back before I ask you to talk about that question, Anna. Uh, we're talking to Anna Borshevskaya. Uh, Anna, when you talk about the end of the Cold War put America in a position it had never really been in before, most powerful country in the world, looking through the mm-hmm. world's historical perspective, when did that end? Did that end after Tiananmen? Did it end uh, after... Uh, Barack Obama turned Syria over to Putin. Uh, when when did that start declining, and when did it really culminate in its finish? That that's a great question, and, and it's a bit hard to answer because uh, there's so many different factors uh, that go into it. I, first, I'm not entirely sure that that um, that the, the that American unipolarity necessarily so much ended okay. as. America chose not to utilize certain advantages and resources that okay. it has, and that and that that's really that's really what you saw unfolding with Georgia and with Syria. And to be sure, that your question is a really important one, and and it's a matter of of, of big debate. Uh, but what's what's been 
what's been interesting over these years is that the United States seemingly retained a number of advantages, and these had to do with uh, favorable geography, mm-hmm. uh, uh, strongest military, mm-hmm. with global naval reach, and the the, the American uh, Navy naval presence is, is is really one chief pillar of its global power, and that's something Russia always tries uh, to get, but yeah. um, as, as a land power, right? Uh, also, um, population, right? Uh, the ability to attract the best and the brightest. Mm-hmm. So, for demography, so from a whole host of of, of factors, of, of you know, GDP. Again, we kind of whittled those, away at it ourselves, didn't? is what you're saying that, yeah that's that, that's right that's right uh and and so you know the lesson here is that advantage you can have advantages but advantages can be squandered right, uh, right. and right. and i think that's the situation that we find ourselves in now um you've written uh a book on on, on vladimir putin what is his in your sense, Anna, what is his end game? Is Ukraine his end game, or is Poland his end game, or is something far worse his end game? Well, at the very least, the the uh, his, he, the, the restructuring of the entire European security system. Okay, that goes. Uh, so it's it's more than just Ukraine. In in and of itself, if you looked at the demands that the Kremlin put forth before uh, the, the the intervention, they were about a lot more than just Ukraine alone. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the fact of the matter is, when you're on this path, if he doesn't lose in a way, in a way from, in, in a way that he's wounded but can still return, mm-hmm. we're still going to, we're going to keep having this problem. That's so, a un- great unless- point, too. I have to take a quick commercial break, Anna. Can, can I pick up on that theme on the other side of this break with you? I appreciate it. We're speaking with Anna Borshevskaya. She is a senior fellow at the Washington Institute for Near East Policy, among other things. Her most uh, recent book is Putin's War in Syria, Russian Foreign Policy and the Price of America's Absence. You can follow her on Twitter at Anna Borsch, uh, A-N-N-A-B-O-R-S-H, A-N-N-A-B-O-R-S-H. The conversation I was having, I'll just pick up with Anna on this other side of this break, is, yeah, what does what she just said look like? Does Putin see, um, have all, what, what does victory to Putin look like, and what will he do for victory? It's a weird thing, after 30 years of not talking about it, that we're again somehow talking about nuclear war or at least nuclear weapons we'll get Anna's sense of uh, Putin's inclination towards that sort of um, let's call it a Samson option for lack of a better word I'm Seth Liebson she's Anna Borshevskaya and we will be right back Elder explains what is really causing inflation. Biden has blamed COVID, he's blaming the supply chain, and now he's blamed Putin. Another economist that said the Biden spending is what's causing inflation was Larry Summers, former Treasury Secretary under Obama. Uh, it's not just right-wingers blaming the inflation on the spending policies of Joe Biden. The Larry Elder Show, weeknights at 6 
on Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot. You're listening to The Seth Liebson Show on 960, The Patriot, from the Guns Etc. Studios. When you need to buy an air conditioning system for your home, you want to know that the company you're choosing has a proven track record over a long time. Not just for providing top quality train equipment at fair prices, but also for supporting conservative values such as liberty, truth, constitutionalism, and patriotism. Mike Aaliyah here again from Benefit Air to remind you that Benefit has been a loyal sponsor of Salem Communications in this station for over 14 years continuously. Other AC companies come and go on this station, but we've been here nonstop since 2006 and we're not going anywhere. So now you know you can rely on Benefit Air not just to provide you with the best American-assembled train air conditioners and heat pumps, because everybody knows it's hard to stop a train, but also to continue to use its advertising dollars to support the conservative values that you hold so dear. Call Benefit today and mention this ad, and as a thank you for your support, we will give you a 5% discount on any train system or a 10% discount on any repair. Just call us today at 602-840-9229 or find us on the web at BenefitAir.com. Experience the Want to save money? Try a simple interest mortgage, the Asset Manager Mortgage. Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 602-830-1000. Here's how the Asset Manager works. Your payment is calculated on the average monthly balance of your mortgage. As you make your payment, your payoff decreases, which decreases your payment and decreases your interest, all without changing your spending habits. Take AIM, 602-830-1000. Why continue to pay most of your interest up front like a conventional loan when you can use the asset manager to pay off your home faster, pay less interest to the bank, and not have to change your spending habits? Call 602-830-1000. But there's more. In addition to owning your home faster, paying less to do it, you also have access to your equity for 30 years. No more need to refinance over and over and over again to pay off debts or home improvements. No more requalifying. No more additional cost. One loan, the asset manager, 602-830-1000, and start keeping more of your money. Equal credit lender, 7137 East Rancho Vista Drive, 105, Scottsdale, NMLS, 212-8571. Morrissey of HotAir.com for Town Hall. Do 6 in 10 Americans really support teaching children below the age of 10 about sexual orientation and gender identity? That's what ABC News and Ipsos want readers to believe from its latest polling, but their methodology exposes this as yet another media narrative stunt. By their own admission, the poll oversamples LGBTQ respondents and its too small number of adults rather than registered voters. It appears show uh, Anna, Anna Borshevskaya is our guest. She's a fe- senior fellow with the Washington Institute for Near East uh, Policy, among other things, the author of uh, Putin's War in Syria, Russian Foreign Policy and the Price of America's Absence. You can absence. You can follow her on Twitter at Anna Borsch, A-N-N-A-B-O-R. S-H. Anna, before the break, you were outlining certain possibilities, paradigms for where Vladimir Putin may stop or may, may attempt to gain his victory and call it a day. Um, how, I, I, for lack of a better phraseology, forgive me, how mad is he? Uh, not angry mad. How, how, how insane is the man to seek a maximalist victory? Uh, as I said, going into the break uncomfortably, Obviously, it seems like for 30 years no one's talked about nuclear weapons. We're talking about them again. Do we need to be talking about them? Well, I think, I mean, I think uh, uh, it's natural for the mind to go to the worst-case scenario. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and, of course, the reason why everybody's so afraid of going to war with Russia, it is because it's a nuclear power. Yeah. Uh, I think to, to, to go back to the first part of your question, yeah. is he mad in the sense of crazy? What's been interesting for me to observe is how quickly the discussion, the public discussion, turned. 
Oh, you know what? You just cut out just a little bit. Can I have you repeat that real quick, Anna? And, and I'm sorry, you cut out. It was our, my fault. My bad, I think. But can you repeat what you said? How quickly the discussion, I just missed what uh, you said. Yes, how quickly the discussion uh, turned to explaining what he's doing uh, by him being crazy. Ah, 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 okay. Uh, okay. Well, irash- irrational. Irrational is the right word. Okay. Uh, right. Because the, it's, I think the West was so, the, the, the sort of the free world, if you will, was so horrified by what, by the violence that he unleashed yeah. on Ukraine. Yeah. The only way we could explain it to ourselves is by thinking that he's crazy. Oh, good, good. But it's uh, not but crazy I, necessarily. It's it, just his frame, his ideology, right? I, yeah, and, and again, you know, look, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, but uh, I, I, I don't think he's crazy at all. Unfortunately, for most of human history, it was rational for leaders to go to war. And we've forgotten, and this, and this kind of goes back to our earlier discussion, we forgot what the world used to be That's like. That's right. That's right. Uh, and and, and he, the fact of the matter is there is a, a very clear ra- rational rationalization. It's just rationalization that we don't understand because sure. we moved away from, from that type of thinking. So I, I think it also another way to look at this is if you look at the first uh, several days when the initial invasion failed, it was clear that Putin expected uh, victory in two days. It didn't happen. But the, mili- but the Russian military recalibrated. They started, they changed their tactics, and they started moving in fact, from forefront um, attacking Ukraine. Uh, what, these were these were not erratic moves. Right. These were these were pre-planned moves. Right. Yeah. So no, as, no, as, that's right. I mean, it's not odd to have a plan B. Otto von Bismarck taught a long time ago, right? You have plan A, and then you have plan B. Yeah. Right. That's right. And the fact of the matter is, I I I'm certain that they have prepared for a possible war with NATO, okay. even if even though I suspect that they would prefer very much to avoid it. And I think it's our risk aversion our fear that is always pushing us to take uh, weaker positions because we're so afraid to escalate. But the fact of the matter is the Russians are not afraid to escalate. And I do think, again, I do think they would prefer not to fight a war with NATO, but they are, but they have to have a, but they have to plan for it. They That's certainly rational. have a contingency. Uh, on Friday or Saturday, I don't remember, uh, uh, the columnist Peggy Noonan was talking about uh, off-ramps for Vladimir Putin, that we here mm-hmm. are discussing what would be a good off-ramp. How do we... How do we conclude this? She made this interesting, constructed an interesting sentence. Whether it's true or not, I'll leave to you. She said he doesn't want, Putin doesn't want an off-ramp. He wants a super highway. Um, is there an off-ramp here? If you were advising uh, President Biden, in other words, Anna, uh, what would you tell him is the best way to egress from this as best as possible? I, well, first, I would agree with the comment that that he doesn't want an off ramp. Okay. I think uh, I, um, Russians, uh, uh, Russian leaders give others off ramps. Uh-huh. They don't take off ramps. I themselves. like that as an explanation. Yeah, right, right, right. Okay. So, uh, so I would, what I would advise is um, to not be afraid. Because uh, at, at this stage, he, he, here's what's happening with, with the massive refugee flows that we're seeing. This is world; these are World War II rates. Yep. Again, three million people in three weeks. Yep. Um, even before the invasion, experts predicted uh, a five to ten million refugee flow mm. into Western Europe. Yeah, we're on our way. Um, yeah, we're we're on our way. Uh, you, you, Ukraine is already destroyed internally. You have um, 
And so what's going to happen is as the, ref- the refugee pressure mounts, Putin uh, Putin would never let any refugee crisis go unweaponized. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And my concern is that as as the, as the refugee uh, pressure becomes harder, it becomes stronger and stronger, it's going to be harder for European leaders to maintain unity. And the pressure on Zelensky to make some kind of a deal uh, will increase, and this is this, this what what this is what concerns me. So my my because if if we're talking about making some kind of a deal that leaves Putin maybe again wounded but not uh, devastated, we're just gonna have to this is this is just gonna happen all over again some years from now after after he recovers. Uh, he or somebody, uh, frankly, that follows in his footsteps. That was uh, so my, my question, so, actually. Is it a Putin problem or is it a Russia problem? Yeah, that was kind of my question. It sounds like you're well, saying it's a Russia problem. Well, it is. You know, it's a little bit of both because clearly the invasion was Putin's decision, and, okay. and you could it, and you could see it in the way. Certainly, as a way to enhance his popularity with the Russian people, or at least speaking on their behalf. Well, ironically, his popularity, this is, you know, in this case, his approval ratings were high enough. He did not need to do this solely for okay. popularity, but, but I do think he was thinking about his legacy. Ah, and okay. historically, historically, uh, Russian leaders take territory. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so I do think, as I as said, it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of a Putin problem, but also a larger uh, Russian problem in terms of leaders uh, ultimately becoming, uh, uh, turning into dictators and doing, basically since Ivan the Terrible, really, yeah. Did, uh, yeah. resorting to, to, to these types of, of uh, military uh, uh, tactics that ultimately end in, in carnage. So, uh, so uh, if Putin, unless there's a big, if Putin doesn't fundamentally lose here, loses big in a way that he cannot come back from, um, I, I fear that it, uh, other solutions simply will uh, not only will it delay uh, the problem, not only will we, but all, all these deaths that we saw, yeah. they will ultimately be for nothing because yeah. it, because if if because if we just have to fight this all over again, if we're going to see another invasion maybe ten years from now. Yeah. Then it's just all for nothing. I don't even know if it would be ten years, but yeah, I take your point very well, Anna. You're you're great, and I, I really I know how busy you must be. So again, let me just reiterate my appreciation for you and your time, as well as your brain tonight. Stay close. Oh, no. We're, I have a feeling going to be talking a lot in the next couple of weeks. Uh, to the degree you're willing, I, I'm going to be calling on you a bunch. Thank you, thank you very much, Anna Borshevskaya. Uh, she uh, she can be followed on Twitter at Anna Borsch. That's at A-N-N-A-B-O-R-S-H. And uh, her book, uh, Putin's War in Syria, Russian Foreign Policy and the Price of America's Absence. I'm Seth Liebson. Our phone number, 602-508-0960. We will be right back. slash reach brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson show. Yeah, breaking news. Uh, 
Twitterverse is going a little bit uh, nuts on it. Um, this goes in the category of nothing should surprise anymore. You know, I talked the other day about uh, about how, you know, we sometimes send each other uh, friends, whatever, on the same side. We send each other, you know, emails or texts. The subject line is, can you believe this or how surprising or wow or you got to read this, you got to see this. And I just I don't anymore because nothing really surprises me. Uh, The wheels have come off the cart. And I suggest rather than saying such things as uh, how shocking uh, we might want to say in the in the further annals of America's decline uh, or, you know, in our continuing or ongoing uh, failing index of cultural indicators. Um, latest entry is that a court of appeals in Illinois, by a vote of two to one, has released issued a release order for Jesse Smollett, who was supposed to spend uh, about 150 days in jail, if uh, if I understand it right. Yes, 150 days in jail, and um, the the appeals court said uh, he can be released and he will be released and if uh, it'll probably happen uh, my guess is if not tonight then tomorrow and uh, when he is released uh, he will uh, raise his fist like he did the last time he was uh, allowed to walk out of court he will raise his fist uh, in the same way that juror uh, raised his fist at the conclusion of the O.J. Simpson trial that I'll never forget Uh, the power fist the black power fist that was raised by the by the uh, runners at the 1968 uh, Olympics that took place in Mexico uh, because uh, he will see it as a victory uh, for um, for racial power. And I, the only thing I can say about any of this is that um, I think what the judge said to Jesse Smollett in his sentencing of him last week uh, should be watched by all of you, by everyone in audience, and that should be shared. Uh, what the judge said in sentencing Justin, uh, Jesse Smollett should be read, if not listened to and watched. The judge said that you were making close to $2 million a year when your hoax happened. Money didn't motivate you. The only thing I can find is that you really craved the attention and you wanted to get the attention and you were so invested in issues of social justice and you knew that this was a sore spot for everybody in this country as we were trying to heal from past injustices and current injustices and trying to make a better future for each other, you took the scabs off some healing wounds and you ripped them apart. For what reason? I'm still reading. You wanted to make yourself more famous. And for a while it worked. Everybody was talking about you. The lights were on you. You were actually throwing a national pity party for yourself. Why would you do such a thing? I understand you craved the attention so much, but why would you betray something like social justice issues, which you cared so much about? The only thing I can conclude is that that there are very giving and charitable and loving sides of you, but you have another side that is profoundly arrogant and selfish and narcissistic. That's the only thing that can be concluded, and the bad side of you came out. Hate crimes are the absolute worst, the judge continued, and I believe that you did damage to real hate crimes and to hate crime victims. There are people who are actual, genuine victims of hate crimes that you did damage to. These are people that have a difficult time coming forward. They may be distrustful. They may not want to bring it to the attention of the community. There may be trepidation. I don't know for sure how much damage there was. I don't know how this is going to impact other people. 
they're going to be hesitant to come forward because they're going to think they're going to be accused of acting like you and doing a stunt like you pulled here. I don't know if first responders are going to be more doubtful or skeptical of people that come forward because of what you did here. But one of the ironies of this case, and I find this profound, is I got letters from people that advocate for victims of hate crime. They devote their lives to it and addressing these issues. And they, they are attesting to the damage you've done to real victims of hate crime. And I am confident that because of all the attention you have garnered here on this case, that there are going to be people who seize the opportunity and educate the public to be talking about this. But you have a dark side. You have a dark side. And the dark side has affected not only you, but the rest of our community. He goes on and on for about 10 minutes. And it seems to me it's the first time in a long time I've seen a judge speak so honestly. Truth to power. Truth to power. Why is the judge not the power? Because the legal system is not the power. No, the culture is the power, and the judge spoke against it. And Jesse Smollett moved too easily within it. And someone called his bluff. That judge did. And now a court of appeals has overruled that. And Jesse Smollett will be out. Two-tiered justice. One rule for the Greeks, one for the Romans. So just when you get used to the time of your favorite show, the rest of the country goes through that dreaded time change. That means we feel the impact as well. Now, the new 960 The Patriot lineup looks like this. Hugh Hewitt starts at 3 a.m. Mike Gallagher begins at 6, followed by Charlie Kirk at 9 a.m. And Dennis Prager at 10. Sebastian Gorka is at noon with Seth Liebson at 3. Larry Elder begins at 6 p.m. and Mark Levin at 9. You can always go to 960thepatriot.com. The following is a paid political announcement. They won't listen. Governor Jan Brewer warned Obama and the Democrats about the invasion at our border, but they won't listen. Despite the drugs and the crime and the trafficking flooding into our communities, Biden, Harris, and Democrats in Washington did nothing. Karen Taylor Robeson will end this madness. I'm Karen Taylor Robeson. I have a tough six-point plan to finally secure our border. As governor, I'll surge National Guard troops to the border. Welcome back. 602-508-0960. Portions of the show brought to you by the good people of Balance of Nature. Balanceofnature.com, a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables in a single daily dose. We're talking all the good stuff from papayas and bananas and wild uh, wild blueberries and strawberries, raspberries, sweet cherries, aloe vera. We're talking garlic. We're talking shiitake mushrooms. We're talking wheatgrass. We're talking... Uh, spinach, all the good stuff. You just take it once a day and you are good to go with pure, potent, powerful, natural fruits and veggies. It's all that's in it. It's totally natural. No GMOs, no gluten, no uh, no sugar, no extracts or synthetics, vegan friendly. Comes in vegetarian capsules you swallow. If you don't like swallowing them, you can open them and sprinkle them in a drink or some food taken it every day for about three years now, and it has done wonders for me. And if you're taking it or take it regularly and need just a little extra boost or power because you're working a little hard or burning the midnight oil or the candle at both ends, 
You can take a little more of it, too. You can take a lot more of it. You can't overdose on fruits and veggies. Such a great product. Balance of Nature. Balanceofnature.com. They're fruits and veggies. When you order them, make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Discount code BALANCE. Highly encourage people, not only for the great product, but to, you know, purchase the products that believe in you and support you. There's a reason companies like Balance of Nature advertise on shows like this. It's because they support your rights to free thought and free speech and, of course, your perspective as well. That's the kind of company you know you can do business with, all the more so when it's such a darn good product. Balanceofnature.com, discount code BALANCE. I want to pick up on something I've been talking about here and there, um, David Schweikert an hour ago reminded me of it, reminded us of it. He said the most powerful person in Washington is not the president, and it's not the president, the vice president, and it's not any of the cabinet members. It's Nancy Pelosi. All deference and all policy, even of the House committee chairs, has been arrogated by and given over to Nancy Pelosi. Nothing gets done from the Democrats without Nancy Pelosi's okay, say-so, permission, schedule, and timeline. It's a judgment that uh, seems obvious to me based on the things we've said, things the administration says that Nancy Pelosi stops and they stop, things the administration has said that Nancy Pelosi takes on and they go forward. It's a frightening thought as it's an interesting one. When you think about someone like that having so much power, there in American history have been powerful speakers of the House. Uh, Joe Cannon uh, comes to mind as one of them, and books have been written about the most powerful speakers in the House. Nancy Pelosi will probably go down as maybe the most, if not uh, if not one of the most, maybe the most powerful speaker of the House of Representatives, given, as I say, the power she has uh, amal- uh, um, uh, taken for herself, amalga- amalgamated, and has been given to her. It's a frightening thing to think about in this sense of representative democracy, constitutional republic that we have. She is a member of the House of Representatives who has never run for national office. She runs from a district in San Francisco that is a very safe district. She gets uh, routinely every two years somewhere in the neighborhood of, uh, give or take, 250,000 votes. I want you to think about that. Someone who gets 250,000 votes, give or take, based on the year, election year, someone who gets 250,000 votes has more power in Washington over all of our domestic and indeed some of our, much of our foreign policy, especially when it comes to aid and arms. Um, this, this, this is the most powerful person. It's not, in this case, the president of the United States. It is not the vice president. It's not a cabinet member. It's not anyone else. It is someone who got 250,000 votes in a safe district where, guess what, in San Francisco, I'll repeat, it should be a frightening awake statistic to you. Republican registration in San Francisco is 7%. Think about that. I want you to think about that. I don't know if there's a lower registration in any city in America. This is an entirely Democratic left major city. It will never, under these conditions, elect anyone but someone like Nancy Pelosi. But someone with merely 250,000 votes, it's like 12% of the population of Phoenix, okay? Someone with 250,000 votes is the most powerful person in America. I used to say in the free world or in the world because 
America used to be the most powerful nation in the world. I have my doubts about that these days. But it's an interesting political and in some degrees moral corruption of a Republican form of government. That the views of San Francisco are empowered. The views of a city that is uh, 90-plus percent liberal left Democrat, the views of that represent the entirety or at least control the entire levers, the entirety of the levers of power that are exercised for us and on our behalf. Her ideology is one thing. The erraticism is something else, isn't it? Um, this is her today. Listen to her today if you can make heads or tails of it. Can't go there. Uh, the, the, Putin is trying to bake the trap so that uh, we go in, and that's the beginning, could be the beginning of World War III. Uh, Putin, totally irresponsible, using weapons that are not allowed under the Geneva Convention. Putin, who uh, threatens use of chemical weapons, um, nuclear, and the rest. So they know that we can't, but it's the ask. Now, he was uh, this morning more, let's, if we can't have an, if we can't have a no-fly zone, let us have our own, and we need the airplanes to come in. No, no, wait, no, no. This morning he was less on the on the ask for the um, uh, the policy, more on let us do it, help us get the planes. But also there is a school of thought that thinks the anti-aircraft missiles and the rest are a very important way. Myself, when I see that that those tanks, that forty miles of tanks. I'd like to take out those tanks. I mean, I, I think that air, uh, them having more planes might be useful, but that I'm not a, a military strategist. We hope that we will be able to get up to a place, I hope, you asked me how, I, I hope that we can get to a place where the uh, MiGs, which are the kinds of planes they've been trained on, can go to Ukraine, the F-16s, especially if we have an excess of them, uh, can backfill for Paul. Just as Gabby Johnson would have said in Blazing Saddles, that's who's leading us. Seth Are you concerned about inflation? This is Ference, host of the Your Personal Bank Show. Government spending has flooded our economy with money. More dollars chasing goods and services increase prices. Many call this a hidden tax. The Federal Reserve has stated these increases are temporary. Many experts disagree. If inflation continues to increase, how do you protect your money? Interest rates historically rise when inflation rises. Remember the 1970s? If not, ask somebody who lived through it. Interest rate sensitive assets is one of the best ways to offset inflation. We have companies paying up to 6% tax-free dividends with guarantees and have never missed a dividend since before the Civil War. Contact me, Ference, at yourpersonalbank.com or toll-free 866 268 4422. That's 866-268-4422. Or tune in to the Your Personal Bank Show Saturdays at 9 a.m. and Sundays at 11 a.m. to learn how to beat inflation. We spoke with Christopher Flannery yesterday about three important, three of the most important speeches scholars identify with Abraham Lincoln. I would say all of them, but the three most being 
uh, the Lyceum address he gave when he was 28 in 1838, uh, his Gettysburg address and his second inaugural. I were down to the Lyceum address quite often because in days like these and in times like these, I think it's important to remember um, what it is I just said a few moments ago, which I don't know that we can say that we are the leader of the world anymore. I don't know that we can say we are the leader of the free world anymore. Uh, when you have a majority of Democrats, as polled last week by Quinnipiac College, a majority, a majority of Democrats saying if America were invaded, they would flee. They would not fight for America. Again, we should not be surprised, given their rhetoric, we should not be surprised. But you think about what the conditions of this country are, what the conditions of this country are as we go up against superpowers like China and Russia who have no self-doubt, who have no self-doubt about the righteousness or justice of their cause or the ability to effectuate it. Aristotle said power is the ability to be and to make things be. It is sad that increasingly America doesn't seem to be that country. And our enemies are. It is even sadder to note that we are paying those countries. We are endowing them. We are supporting them. We may rhetorically challenge them. We may be of mixed mind in those rhetorical challenges. We are condemning Putin on the one on one day, and on the second day, we're giving him ten billion dollars uh, from uh, Iranian oil interests, so that Iran will come to a table with us that they don't want to come to so that we can engage in our own version of anxious propitiation and self-abnegation. It's not a good place to be. Go back and check out the Lyceum Address and look at what Lincoln says about if destruction be our lot, where will it come from? I invite you to do that. Until tomorrow, God bless you all. Chris, thank you for sitting in for Bill. Thank you for spending some of your afternoon with us. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. It's easy to take a day for granted. You and your family are connected by routine and you stick to it. But what if a disaster strikes without warning? What if life as you know it has completely turned on its head? 
What if your day's routine is disrupted and you can't reach your family? Have you planned for that? Before a disaster turns your family's world upside down, it's up to you to be ready. Get a kit. Make a plan. Be informed. Today. Learn how at www.ready.gov. Ready.gov. This message brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency and the Ad Council. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.